you think that 1991 Sylvester Stallone movie Oscar was trying to plant that seed in Academy members' minds? <laughs> I guess naming an Academy Award was a little too on the nose. I don't know. These are the kinds of things I think about. Welcome to the Crooked Table Podcast, where we discuss the world of film from a fresh angle. And now your host, Robert Yanis Jr. Welcome to the Crooked Table Podcast. This is Rob. On this episode, we're going to talk about the 2018 Academy Award nominations. It's always like Christmas morning for cinephiles when uh, the Oscars are announced early, which over here is about 8, a uh, little after, yeah, like 8.15, 8.30 almost is when it was announced um, recently here. But I know over there on the, on the West Coast, it's like uh, the butt crack of dawn, essentially. So what I want to do here is basically an audio version of what I did a couple years ago on the Crooked Table YouTube channel. You can see... My reactions to the, I guess, 2016 uh, Oscar nominations there. I don't really think I did anything like that last year. Um, I want to try and keep this a regular thing because it is so much fun for me. And because I do really look forward to the Academy Awards and um, the, you know, horse race of it all. So I'm going to run through each of the 12, not all of the 24 categories. I'm going to skip the ones for uh, the shorts and for documentaries just because I, like most of you, I've never, I've hardly seen any of them. And so it's just easier to kind of cut those out and focus on the, the 20 of the 24 categories that highlight, um, you know, major films that most of which I've seen at this point and some of which I'm still catching up on. So um, I do plan on doing a 2018 Best Picture nominees ranked list, uh, but I'll probably do that a little bit closer to when the, uh, when the Oscar telecast happens. So we're just going to go in the order that the uh, nominations were announced uh, earlier this week by... Uh, Tiffany Haddish and Andy Serkis. So we're going to start with production design. So here we have Beauty and the Beast, Blade Runner 2049, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, and The Shape of Water. Now I could see this going a bunch of different ways. Um, I think Dunkirk is probably a, a little bit appealing to the Academy because it is a wartime film and they are all about that kind of thing. Blade Runner 2049, I don't see getting this particular category, especially since you know it's not one of the Best Picture nominees or anything like that. I really see this one probably going to The Shape of Water just because it's not only trying to recreate the 1960s aesthetic, but also sort of touching uh, touching into sort of uh, gothic horror films and, uh, you know, creature features. And, and it has a lot of different environments that uh, are very detailed and uh, specific. So I could see this going Shape of Water. That's my prediction. Of course, I don't have any inside skinny onto what's going to win, but... That's where I would, when I cast my ballot, that's probably where I'm going to lean. So cinematography, we have Blade Runner 2049, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Mudbound, and The Shape of Water. Now, I think this is a no-brainer. It needs to go to Roger Deakins for Blade Runner 2049. Um, everybody has been saying this since that film came out, and since that film is probably the most visually appealing movie that came out last year. Uh, the shots in there are amazing. There were multiple times watching it on the big screen where I was just like you know, dumbfounded at the uh, incredible images that he was bringing us where I just wanted to kind of hit print on the theater screen and hang it in a frame on my wall. And Roger Deakins is one of those cinematographers that's been nominated, I think, like a dozen times or so, and he still hasn't won one. And I think that this is the perfect time to give it to him, especially since Blade Runner 2049 is probably not going to get a whole lot else. So um, so far, these these predictions are also things that I want to see nominated or see win, 
But uh, I will specify as we go along if I read something, and I think this something else is going to win than what I want to win. So I'm for cinematography, I'm definitely hoping for Blade Runner 2049. Going into costume design, we have Beauty and the Beast, Darkest Hour, Phantom Thread, The Shape of Water, and Victoria and Abdul. Costume design is a tricky one. I always feel like I have an idea... I always feel like I have an idea where it's going to go, and then it usually surprises me, and it's just like somebody who is basically in an era-specific suits the whole movie or something like that. It's tempting to go Phantom Thread just because um, just because uh, the story itself deals with the fashion industry. But honestly, I, you know, I also want to say Beauty and the Beast because of the recreations of the you know, Belle's yellow dress and the Beast's blue suit and all that. But I, I kind of, I don't know, something telling me Darkest Hour. Um, Winston Churchill's uh, assortment of hats and uh, the way that everybody is, is dressed in that film and it really lends it an authenticity. Um, I really see that one part of, kind of walking away with it. Uh, personally, I have no real stake in this. I, I Costume design is not something I'm particularly super passionate about. Um, so I'm, I would be fine with Darkest Hour, but I really, of these five movies, I prefer Shape of Water, so I'm going to be rooting for that probably as much as possible, at least in this category. Um, going into sound editing, so we have Blade, Baby Driver, Blade Runner 2049, Dunkirk, The Shape of Water, and Star Wars The Last Jedi. Of course, I want a Last Jedi to get as much as possible, however, I, I don't really see it getting this one. I think this is probably going to go to Dunkirk, uh... I, I would love to see Baby Driver get it, but I feel like Dunkirk is the kind of movie between, uh, you know, the land, the sea, and the air, and the way that all that is is uh, combined in that film. I could either see that getting sound editing or sound mixing. So let's go into sound mixing. We have most of the same. Wait, uh, we have actually the exact same five nominees. So I would like to see the split. I would like to see Baby Driver get something here, and I don't think... Uh, I don't think it's going to get both. So if one of these went to Baby Driver and one of them went to The Last Jedi, that would make me happy. But I sort of feel like uh, I sort of feel like Dunkirk might take um, possibly both of these, just because it is that Academy-friendly uh, kind of film. So um, let's see. Going into original score, so we have Dunkirk, Phantom Thread, The Shape of Water, Star Wars: The Last Jedi, and three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, I kind of can see this going to Phantom Thread. I've heard a lot of positive things about this one, about uh, the score there. I haven't heard it myself yet, nor have I seen the film at this point. But I can see that walking away with that one, uh, especially po probably going to be its only win. Um, I love the music from The Last Jedi, and I love the music from Dunkirk. I actually like all the other four scores. I have heard all of them. Um, I don't think Hans Zimmer is going to get it for Dunkirk. I could see this going as part of The Shape of Water's uh, possible sort of sweep. I know it's nominated for 13 more than any other film this year. So part of me wants to say Shape of Water for Alexander Desplat, and that's actually what I want to win. But I could see Phantom Thread sneaking in there, uh, or even Three Billboards, just because Three Billboards going into this ra uh, this race right now is technically probably the front runner for Best Picture. So Best Picture has a tendency to sometimes scoop up a lot of the ancillary, more technical awards. So I could see Three Billboards slipping uh, through that one as a dark horse. But um, my personal personal pick is Shape of Water, although Phantom Thread might pose probably its biggest threat. Visual effects. We have Blade Runner 2049, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Kong Skull Island, Star Wars The Last Jedi, and War for the Planet of the Apes. Visual effects, I've noticed, tends to go to something that um, 
where something is something there's either a particularly strong sequence or there's a particularly strong element of the film that is um, that is executed well on screen. So for this one, I don't think it's going to Guardian. I don't think it's going to go to Guardians or Kong Skull Island or Last Jedi. It really feels to me like it's down to Blade Runner 2049 and War for the Planet of the Apes. I would personally, even though I think Blade Runner 2049 is a slightly superior film to War for the Planet of the Apes, I think War for the Planet of the Apes really needs to win this one because Andy Serkis didn't get nominated at all for Best Actor, which he should have gotten uh, that, that if there wasn't the stigma with motion capture. And this particular version of the franchise has not won any of these awards so far. And I think as, as, uh, the fact that this is sort of a trilogy capper for, uh, for Caesar's story and um, you know it, it, the future of the franchise is sort of in flux right now, I think this would be a great way to recognize the contributions that the visual effects team, as well as Andy Serkis, have made in bringing that character to life. So I, I'm going to say I want and I uh, predict that War for the Planet of the Apes is going to win this one um, because it, it really deserves it. It's it, what they pulled off motion capture wise with this character and how they've created such a fully realized character. Um, it, it's really impressive and it deserves to be rewarded. Film editing, Baby Driver, Dunkirk, I, Tanya, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. I think I would personally like to see um, either Baby Driver or I, Tanya get it because what they pull off with editing is really, is really um, to me, sort of innovative. Baby Driver, as, as you know if you've seen the film, times the action and the movements of its characters and that kind of thing to the music playing, and that's hard to pull off. That's that's really critical editing back and forth on the part of uh, Edgar Wright and his team. Um, I, Tanya similarly, is breaking the fourth wall every five seconds and having characters comment on what's happening on screen and, um, you know, jumping time periods like, uh, like, like crazy. So I would like to see one of those films win that just because I think what they pull off with editing is really impressive and contributes a lot to what the uh, ultimate uh, result of the film is. However, I, do can, I, I can't see something like Dunkirk coming in here because it does combine the three different narrative threads taking place over one week, one day, and one hour, and um, you know, compresses them so that they all sort of flow and see, uh, flow seamlessly. Even though, to me, I was not as wowed by that film as a lot of people were, the editing is definitely a strong, a strong point that it has going for it. Makeup and hairstyling. Darkest Hour, Victorian Abdul, and Wonder. I would like to see Darkest Hour win of these three. I think it probably will because it has the most support of these three movies. I think Victoria Abdul is only up for maybe two, and Wonder has this sole nomination. And the fact that they took Gary Oldman and they turned him so literally into Winston Churchill um, seamlessly, where if, if you went into this film and you didn't know that was Gary Oldman, you'd be like, who's this guy? He's great playing Winston Churchill. He looks so much like him. Uh, I think that is a, probably a no-brainer to win, so it's what I, I predict and what I want to win. Going into supporting actress. Starting to get to the big categories, y'all. We have Mary J. Blige for Mudbound, Allison Janney for I, Tanya, Leslie Manville for Phantom Thread, Laurie Metcalf for Lady Bird, and Octavia Spencer for The Shape of Water. So, for a while now, it's really been down to Allison Janney and Laurie Metcalf. Uh, I think the fact that Janney has been, she got the uh, SAG Award, she got the Golden Globe. It's pretty much, at this point, Allison Janney is a shoe in to get this one, I think. 
I know that Lady Bird has a lot of love, and Laurie Metcalf is probably a, a close runner-up. But Allison Janney is just one of those actresses that has been in so many films. Even if she shows up in a couple scenes, she she brings her A game every single time. And um, you know, she's hardly she's almost never she's never really headlining a film, but she's always such a tremendous asset. She's really the in a lot of ways the female J.K. Simmons. But in that way, like when she pops up, you're like, oh, it's it's Allison Janney, and she uh, she brings such uh, commitment to every moment she's on screen in any movie. And I, Tanya, really gives her such a, a rich part to really sink her teeth into, um, who a lot of ways is the, the engine of the film uh, from Tanya's perspective. You know, as her mom, she, she plays her mom and, and really kind of uh, pushes Tanya's life forward, propels her story forward and her career. And I think in a way sort of um, is, is a key element to what makes that film work so well. So I think Allison Janney's obviously going to get this one to me. Um, I'd be surprised if anybody is going to be an upset here, although I would say probably Laurie Metcalf is the closest. I will also point out that uh, Octavia Spencer's nomination here for The Shape of Water, I love that film, and I think Octavia Spencer is a great actress, but it does feel like at this point we're just nominating people for uh, for showing up in a film. We'll get to Meryl Streep later on here, and I'm sure she's she's great in the post, which I also haven't seen. Um, but I really feel like this would have been a, this was a good opportunity for the Academy to recognize some comedic performances and throw in Tiffany Haddish for Girl Strip. Um, I thought she was such a strong element of that film and she's, this has been her breakthrough year and it would have liked, been nice to have seen her get nominated. Uh, and I feel like Octavia Spencer sort of kind of snuck in there and took her spot. Uh, but that's just my personal take. It doesn't really matter ultimately because Allison Janney is going to win this one. So going into supporting actor, we have Willem Dafoe for The Florida Project. Woody Harrelson for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Richard Jenkins for The Shape of Water, Christopher Plummer for All the Money in the World, and Sam Rockwell for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. And it's a really shitty time to be Kevin Spacey right about now for a number of reasons, but the fact that Christopher Plummer came in, shot this part in from nine days, from according to reports, and uh, basically got an Oscar nomination out of it. I uh, haven't seen that film just yet, but I have seen the rest of these, and I I think that Sam Rockwell is scooping up every award that he can. By all accounts, he's a, he's a great he's a he's a, you know a good guy, and uh, he's a great actor like Allison Janney, who shows up in films and brings them to such a high level. Uh, I I love Sam Rockwell and pretty much everything he's in. I know there I understand that there's a lot of people have issues and they find his character or have issues with they don't have issues with me that too, but they have issues with his character in this film. And they think it's problematic as far as the racist uh, components of the movie are concerned. And I understand that. And I see that. And I think the film sort of recognizes that that's the case. And, um, you know, reckons with that a little bit by the end. And it's not saying that this that, that he's a great guy or that he's even redeemed. But that he's just trying to redeem himself is the way I see that story at, towards the end. But um, I, I think that I'm, I'm perfectly happy with Sam Rockwell winning. That being said, Woody Harrelson, Richard Jenkins, and Willem Dafoe all gave really strong work in their respective performances. Uh, of those three, I probably would like to see Richard Jenkins win the most, just because he is an, again an Allison Janney, another character actor. So a lot of this is really a good year for character uh, actors to to sneak in there and get a lot of nominations. Willem Dafoe is another perfect example of that. These are not A-list stars who come in and uh, you know with their face on a poster. These are people that come, you know, often build like fourth, fifth, sixth, and uh, 
and bring their A game by by really filling out a film and and making the narrative really sing. And uh, you know, there's few several in this category, and uh, I'm really happy with the fact that Sam Rockwell is probably going to win, just because I have I have been such a huge fan of his, and it would be nice to see him recognized for the great work that he did in in Three Billboards. Foreign language film is the next category. We have A Fantastic Woman from Chile, The Insult from Lebanon, Loveless from Russia, On Body and Soul from Hungary, and The Square from Sweden. Uh, of these, I haven't, uh, I'm not, I haven't seen them all. I think that probably Loveless might sneak in there, uh, just because I've heard a lot about that, and I can, I can see that walking away with it. But then again, it's going to face some stiff competition from both The Square and A Fantastic Woman. Um, it's hard to say the foreign language films because what is what tends to be talked about and what actually wins a statuette are usually, not usually, but oftentimes very different things. So I'll be curious to see which of these walks away with it. Um, I, at this point, my prediction is probably going to be Loveless. But uh, again, you know, this is always a category where the ac Academy tends to throw a, a curveball at us. Going into original song, we're gonna, we have Mighty River from Mudbound. Mystery of Love from Call Me By Your Name, Remember Me from Coco, Stand Up For Something from Marshall, and This Is Me from The Greatest Showman. If this doesn't go to Coco, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> I, uh, I really love that movie. I really love that song. And I think that song encapsulates that film, its message, its heartbeat. And, and so much of what it's trying to get across is in that film, or in that song rather. And I would love to see that win here. However, Pesek and Paul won uh, last year for City of Stars, so I could see This Is Me coming in there with a surprise uh, surprise win. This is a category the Academy has sort of let me down recently in the last few years. Um, last year, as much as I love La La Land, I was really hoping that How Far I'll Go would have won instead of City of Stars, which is to me not really one of the best songs in La La Land, which is really more reliant on its score than its uh, original songwriting, in my opinion, but that's, you know, I digress. Um, so I'm going to say Remember Me, um, but, you know, This Is Me, some, some song with me in the title is probably going to win, but This Is Me could come in there and, uh, and steal this one away from Coco, so we'll see what happens. Moving into animated feature, best animated feature, we have The Boss Baby, The Breadwinner, Coco, Ferdinand, and Loving Vincent. Now, having not seen uh, most of these, I, I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious to me that Coco's going to win just because it is so beloved. However, I have big beef with this category because um, I don't know what it is that the Academy has against Lego movies, but the Lego Batman is, by all intents and purposes, one of the better superhero movies this year, one of the better animated movies this year. And the fact that we have five nominees and they still couldn't slip it in there and they gave it to the Boss Baby and Ferdinand really makes no sense to me. I would have even preferred to see Captain Underpants nominated here. Um, but again, like some of the other categories, it doesn't really matter because this is almost certainly going to go to Coco, which is not only one of the best, uh, the best animated film of the year, but also one of Pixar's best since, uh, definitely best since Inside Out, if not since Toy Story 3, both of which won best animated feature. So I think there's very little chance that Coco doesn't walk away with this, deservedly so. Moving into adapted screenplay, we have Call Me By Your Name. The Disaster Artist, Logan, Molly's Game, and Mudbound. I know that the Academy loves to get their Sorkin on, so hence the nomination for Molly's Game, but I really don't think that they're going to give it to him this time. 
Um, if I recall correctly, Steve Jobs was barely wasn't even nominated. I don't think he got nominated for that script. Um, and Molly's Game has not really very much support this year. No Jessica Chastain or anything. And um, of these, it, it, you know, the only one that's nominated in best in best picture is Call Me by Your Name. So it feels to me like probably that's going to win here. Um, even though for me personally. I would love to see Logan get it because I, I did love that film. I thought it was one of the best films of last year. And this is also such a tremendous achievement for a superhero film to even get nominated for adapted screenplay. It's different. It's one thing for them to be nominated for visual effects or sound editing or that kind of thing. But this is them acknowledge this Academy acknowledging this movie based on a comic book had one of the best screenplays of the year. And I think that 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 is, in and of itself, a tremendous statement. Of course, there's been already a million op-ed pieces about why Logan's nomination for Adapted Screenplay is so important for the, for the genre. So I would love to see Logan go all the way and walk away with that, even though it's probably not going to happen. It's probably going to be Call Me By Your Name. Um, I think The Disaster Artist was also another one that was probably looking stronger, uh, looking like a stronger contender early on. But at this point, it's probably, it's probably not going to happen. So I'd say it's probably Call Me By Your Name here easily. But uh, my personal pick is Logan. So moving into original screenplay, we have The Big Sick, Get Out, Lady Bird, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, I'm tempted to say Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri will take this one just because it is such a front runner for Best Picture, that or Shape of Water. Personally, I like I would prefer uh, either Big Sick or Get Out to get nominated, but I really feel like Lady Bird might take this one um, because I don't think Greta Gerwig and we'll get to director in a second. I don't really think she's gonna Greta Gerwig is gonna get an uh, an Oscar otherwise, and this film has so much support, and I think this is uh, you know so much of it is from her heart and her soul, based in part on her life. So I I think that that would be uh, that would be a really special way to honor her achievement with this film is to hand her the uh, original screenplay uh, Oscar for this one. So I would like to spread the love a little bit. And since Shape of Water and Three Billboards are probably vying against each other for the biggest prizes, I'd like to see one of the other three get this. Um, if not, you know, if not Lady Bird, then, then certainly uh, Get Out or Big The Big Sick. Going into leading actor, we have Timothy Chalamet for Call Me By Your Name, Daniel Day-Lewis for Phantom Thread, Daniel Kaluuya for Get Out, Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour, and Denzel Washington for Roman J. Israel Esquire. This one really feels like, I mean, I love Denzel Washington, but really? I mean, that film does not have a lot of support going into it, and nor did it really make any money at the box office. So this just feels like that was going to be James Franco's slot, but uh, after the whole scandal broke, that, uh, that fell by the wayside, and Denzel sort of slipped in there to take that fifth spot. Um, I don't think he's going to get it, and I definitely don't think um, Kaluuya is going to get it. Even though I think that's, I think it's awesome to see him nominated for for a horror film. I mean, this is a big year for. And again, I've already said about Logan and the op-ed pieces for that nomination, but the fact that Get Out, essentially a horror film, is nominated for so many awards, including for its performances or for its lead performance, rather. I think is is really impressive and uh, you know says a lot about the Academy's willingness to sort of em- to start to embrace other genres that they may have cast aside in the past. I don't know how much of that has to do with the you know the new diversity initiative for the Academy members, 
and that they're bringing in younger people and people of different races and ethnicities. But I think that's awesome to see Daniel Kaluuya nominated, uh, even if I don't think he's going to win. Um, Daniel Day-Lewis, again, I think the nomination was uh, was the recognition he's going to get for this one, even though he would to be able to tie Katherine Hepburn's four Oscar win if he gets this. Um, this is really down to Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour, though, and deservedly so. Um, that's an actor that probably one of the most common ones when people say, can you believe such and such doesn't have an Oscar? So I'm glad we're going to probably get a chance to finally correct that and get Gary Oldman his Oscar. I'd say his biggest threat at this point is probably Timothy Chalamet, just because I have heard such strong reviews about him, uh, his performance in that film, and this film does have a ton of support behind it. So uh, Chalamet could sneak in there and steal it from Gary Oldman. We've seen things like that happen in the past where we thought Mickey Rourke was going to get it and Sean Penn gets it or something. Um, so I really, I, I think Gary Oldman's probably got this sewn up though. So that's um, who I would love to, who I want to see win and that's who I think is going to win. Going into leading actress, Sally Hawkins, The Shape of Water, Frances McDormand, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Margot Robbie, I, Tanya, Saoirse Ronan for Lady Bird, and Meryl Streep for The Post. No more Meryl Streep. She's got a nomination. She slips in there like every year, every other year. Uh, I think we're good on Meryl Streep. Um, I don't think, I think Margot Robbie is, is tremendous in I, Tanya, And the same with Sally Hawkins. But I don't think either one of them is going to win. Uh, I would personally love to see Sally Hawkins get it for The Shape of Water just because her performance is so effective and she doesn't utter a word. And she really transforms herself into that movie. Um, I've seen other, into that role rather. I've seen other movies where she is like super chatty and, uh, you know, up, upbeat. And that's sort of her character. And to see her play this uh, sort of lost, sort of down, downtrodden in a way, but then also joyful later on. The, re the, the transformation that her character undergoes um, because of her, her kinship with this the amphibian man, I think is, uh, is really profound in a lot of ways. Uh, you can read my review of The Shape of Water on crookedtable.com for more of my thoughts on that film. Uh, I think for this one, though, it's really, as far as who's going to win, I think it's probably between Frances McDormand and Saoirse Ronan. And it's the classic case of the ingenue versus the veteran. Uh, Frances McDormand won one 22 years ago, or 21 years ago, I guess, for um, for Fargo. And Saoirse Ronan, you know, it would fall right in line with Emma Stone, Brie Larson, and people like that, Jennifer Lawrence, winning Best Actress, in that she's uh, younger and uh, established a... An impressive run of films that I think really warrants this kind of recognition. Um, and I think Shusha Ronan is only going to do greater projects in the years to come. So I could see her getting this from Ann McDormand, who's probably the head, the, um, the front runner right now. So this is, a, this is an interesting category, though, because I do feel like it could go almost any way, uh, even though I don't really see Meryl Streep getting it. Um, so right now I'm going to say McDormand is probably my prediction, but um, I also wouldn't be surprised if Shusha Ronan wins this one. In fact, when I do my actual ballot, I might actually, you know, for my own, for, you know, my my family's ballot, I'm not voting in the actual Academy Awards. That would be amazing. I wish. Um, I would probably, I might predict Saoirse Ronan's going to win this one. Um, so we'll see what's going to go on there. There's a, five incredible performances, though. Like, as I said, I haven't seen The Post, but I've heard great things. But the other four are really amazing. Um, going into directing, we have Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk. Jordan Peele for Get Out, Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird, Paul Thomas Anderson for Phantom Thread, Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water. 
I think that this one is, uh, first of all, uh, kudos to the Academy for uh, listening to people with the films that they love this year and nominating uh, a, uh, a black man, a woman, and a Latino man in this category and having actually the white guys be the minority. I think that's um, you know very progressive of them. And I'm finally getting some re- recognition for all these, uh, you know, all these, the, the breadth of work that's being done out there by, by directors of all, of all colors and, and uh, genders and all that stuff. Um, I, I, it, I read a stat after the nominations came out that Greta Gerwig's nomination is the fifth female director to be nominated for this award. And um, I, I knew that beforehand, but I, I, it didn't, I didn't really do the math. So this is the 90th Oscars. So I, I did a little research, and the Best Director category has sometimes, you know, vacillated between like three to six nominations, et cetera. But if you say, if, if, let's say in general, generally there was a round five, that means there's been over 400 nominees over the past 90 years. And this is the fifth woman, five out of 400. That's fucking obscene. And the fact that she got this nomination is, I think, you know, a good sign and something to be celebrated. I think her work on the film is great. Um, so I don't expect her to win, unfortunately. Uh, I think that her, she's more likely to get a statue for Best Original Screenplay. Um, in this one, it, it depends. I could see it going one of two ways. Uh, I could see Christopher Nolan getting this for, for Dunkirk because that film is really uh, all about its technical achievement. And Christopher Nolan is the type of director that every time he puts a movie out, people are like, he's going to get nominated for this one. And then he hasn't. This is his first directing nomination. So I could see him getting it for this one, um, especially since the other film I'm going to mention that might win is a little bit weirder and a little, uh, little more out there for Academies to run with. But I could also see Guillermo del Toro winning this for The Shape of Water. There's such support for that movie. He's been picking up a lot of the, uh, the statues thus far in the awards season. Um, I would personally love to see, as much as I love both, as much as I love Christopher Nolan, um, I would actually love to see Guillermo del Toro get this, just because Christopher Nolan will turn around and do another movie that will probably get nominated. Guillermo del Toro might never get this shot again. He makes movies that are are uh, very offbeat and very outside of what the Academy tends to go for, and I worry that if he doesn't get it for this one, that he probably won't won't um, you know won't make a film that'll be this embraced by the Academy again. So I'm hoping Guillermo del Toro will win this. Although at this point, I'm still probably going to say that Christopher Nolan will probably win director. So that's my personal take. It's interesting not to see uh, Spielberg in here. I think that's another. I think I guess uh, Paul Thomas Anderson snuck in there as sort of the um, the you know critic starling slot that would have normally gone to someone like Spielberg. Um, but, um, you know, especially since Phantom Thread is, it's got a lot of nominations, but it's not really a movie that has been quite as talked about as I think people were expecting it to. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's my thoughts on director. I, I love, I'm really rooting for Guillermo del Toro. So finally we have best picture and we have nine nominees this year. I don't know why they have the sliding scale of 10, but they still don't, they don't, it seems that we never get 10 in any case. These are the best picture nominees. Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. 
So not having seen all of these, I've seen most of them at this point, and I will see all of them in the next uh, in the next couple weeks. Um, I think, as I said, I think Three Billboards is probably the front runner just because it has been scooping up so many other prizes. Personally, of the ones that I've seen, I prefer The Shape of Water. I think it's the best one of this lot. I think it's the film that uh, there's a lot of films here that speak to where we are as a as a country right now. And, um, you know, they'd have a lot to say about uh, social commentary and that kind of thing. Um, but I feel like The Shape of Water handles that in a more allegorical way, that that film is really about um, finding connection in unlikely places and about embracing compassion and letting go of uh, sort of the stubborn old um, paradigm uh, and, and shifting into something that's a little that's more inclusive that's more diverse, that, that's more considerate of others. And uh, I think that it's, uh, you know, it's a visionary work by a visionary director. And, uh, you know, easily one of the best, best films of last year, even though I love that Get Out is here. I love that Lady Bird is here. I love that, um, you know, I love, th I love Three Billboards. I thought Three Billboards was a great movie. However, I feel like I understand the problems that some people have with it, and it didn't 100% click with me as uh, The Shape of Water in the same way The Shape of Water did. I feel like, as I said this in my other, you know, other videos and stuff, Best Picture it should be a film that's emblematic of the times, and I think The Shape of Water comments on that in, while not, uh, while not as directly a way as something like The Post or, um, you know, uh, Darkest Hour and things like that, I feel like it handles it in, in a very delicate way, and it, and it creates a message that uh, that everyone can can embrace in equal measure that's not really uh you know it's not really political it's not really it's just humanistic more than anything else and i think that that's part of what i what i love about the film and uh you know that's let's going back to the last episode it's it's ambitious it's rewatchable it has i have a personal bias for it and it's in so many ways it executes what it's trying to do and uh, it has thematic resonance like coming out of its ass so i would love to see the shape of water win this one uh i could see three billboards getting it because it is a little bit of a safer choice in some ways than the shape of water which has a fish monster uh, romancing with a uh, human woman um but um so i'm gonna say prediction probably still three billboards but i'm really really hoping for the shape of water so hopefully i can put that out in the universe and the academy will hear me somehow and uh, and make that happen but so those are my thoughts on the Academy Award nominations. Um, it's interesting. There were a lot of snubs this year. I know a lot of people talking about Wonder Woman didn't get nominated and, you know, this thing didn't get nominated. And I, I would have loved to have seen Wonder Woman sneak into, like, the technical categories. I don't think it's personally worthy of a Best Picture nomination or anything like that or, or acting. Um, but it would have been nice to see that get, I don't know, fucking costume design or something. The fact that it didn't win or did it wasn't nominated and something like Suicide Squad is an Oscar winner of the four, of the four uh, DCEU movies to date. The fact that the only one that has an Oscar is the worst one is a little is a little bit ridiculous. But uh, you know we can only you can we can only bitch about um, what wasn't nominated for so long before we have to just face facts and be like, well, all right, it doesn't it didn't win, and that doesn't mean that your favorite movie, if it didn't get nominated, that's any less of a great movie. It's just you know the Academy is. As, as political as, as anything in Hollywood. So uh, we work with what we get. So I hope that this has been interesting to hear my thoughts of the Oscar nominees. Uh, I'm definitely going to be watching when they come on. 
in uh, in March, and uh, you know it's it should be an interesting show. I know uh, Jimmy Kimmel's done a great job hosting in the past, and um, I'm very excited to see to see what goes down uh, with the Oscars this year on uh, Sunday, March fourth. Um, so well, you know, let me know what you what you wanted to see nominated, and what your thoughts are on these nominations. Like, what do you think is going to win? You can uh, let me know that on Twitter, and um, you know, let's have this. Let's have a conversation about the Oscars and and how it's all going to go down. So that's all I have for now. You can rate and review the Crooked Table podcast on iTunes. We're also on Spotify and Stitcher. If you'd be so kind, you can find me, Robert Yanis Jr., on Twitter at Crooked Table. Of course, you can find more podcast reviews, videos, and other movie-related goodies over at CrookedTable.com. I'm not exactly 100% sure what the next episode is going to be about. I'm tossing around a couple different ideas at the moment, but um, I, I've been really trying to steer the focus of this podcast away from uh, just film reviews and uh, you know to let that let that be more of a uh, on the written side of things on the on the website and have this be a little just more in-depth discussions or kind of uh, you know less less predictable topics. There's a million other movie podcasts doing the same kinds of things about like, all right, let's all talk about Star Wars. Let's all talk about, you know, this thing. And so I'm trying to take a little bit of a, a different stance with uh, with this this show going forward. So let me know if you like that or if you want me to just go back to doing movie reviews. Just uh, hit me up on Twitter at Cricket Table. Until next time, I've been Rob. We'll catch you around the table next week. Roll credits. This has been a production of CrookedTable.com. All rights reserved. That's the yard of a little KED.